Thanks for supporting the show. If you want to check us out on all of our social media platforms, check us out on Twitter at TinfoilHatCast. Uh, you can find us on Reddit. Uh, it's reddit.com backslash r backslash TinfoilHatShow. On Instagram at TinfoilHatPod. Or allcomedytshirts.com. For future guests or topics, go ahead and email us at TinfoilHatPod at gmail.com. I'm not hot and heavy. I'm heavy and hot. Welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Tripoli's a bit crazy, but he's a really good guy. <laughs> with my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy yeah. theories. I think it's beautiful, man. <laughs> hey, man, where's hey, the man. truth there, dog? Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fun, festive episode of Tin Foil Hat. You know who we are. You know what we're here to do. Joining us in studio is uh, one of my favorite people. I I didn't recognize him at first with shirt on, but then I saw those (laughs) eyes, and I recognized the the glow that is. Uh, Please welcome my good friend, Burt Kreischer. Yeah, I was thinking about getting really fucking yoked by this next year. I saw so, that. I saw that. So that uh, so that the next uh, special I do, that I have to wear a shirt. Like just get like doing steroids and getting like ridiculously. Now, roids ripped. is roids and HGH the same thing? No. Okay. Oh, so really? Yeah. I don't know anything about roids or anything. HGH, it dog. You just shred yeah. it out. Yeah. I, well, someone was. There's a celebrity. I won't say his name, but he's a comedian who's on uh, who's on steroids. And I was listening to Bernie Schaub talk about. How he's doing it wrong, and that's why he's fat. Because the guy's not, and he's not in great shape, but he is sometimes. And he's like, "Oh, bro, it's his diet." He's like, "Da da 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 da." And I was like, "Oh." So I would like to get, I would like to get doctor, a doctor on it, and be like, "Oh, take some Winstrol, and you get shredded." Yeah. And I, I would like to be in great shape. I think that would be fun as fuck. I haven't drank in like two weeks. How you feeling? Uh, I'm bored. Yeah, I get that. Like, I, that's my problem with drinking is I take love... jujitsu with me, dude. Dude, my I'm choking motherfucker. <laughs> I'm afraid of knocking a tooth out. It's gonna be five thousand dollars for just put. A, I mean, dude, you have five grand. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't want to just, just drop in five grand every jujitsu class. I, I, no, you won't, dude. It's, Someone's it's like, watch so, this, crush your teeth, fall out easy, knock them out. It's five grand. It's so. It's the most different martial arts I've ever taken. For, I've taken everything. Uh, Joey does it. Yeah, and it's just it's not it's not at all like hard combat. Like I've taken Thai boxing where yeah. dudes are like, "I'm gonna fight in UFC," and you're just I'm trying to lose my tits, and they're like they're like putting heat on it. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we're just here to get a cardio up. None of us are fighting in the octagon. That's not jujitsu, dude. My thing lately has been running. I'm running the LA Marathon in a couple of weeks. I love it, and I just uh, it's almost like I like doing it because people say you can't. Like people, when I did that half marathon, I did a half marathon in Tampa, uh, maybe a few months Jim ago. Jim Florentine ran yeah. with you. Florentine stayed up until four in the morning drinking beers, and then came out and ran a half marathon with me. That guy's and the best. All the, dude, he is so funny. We had a moment where we were jogging, and we were talking about the Me Too movement. And why uh, you were jogging? We're not even. Yeah, we're just jogging in the half marathon, and we're just bullshitting. We're going really slow, and um, and I said, yeah, I said, I don't know, man. I said, I think some some people let molestation and stuff define them for the rest of their lives and then i was like i think i might have been molested and he was like for real i said yeah i got a concussion at basketball camp and i I think this doctor like 
play. I'm this, I remember this guy playing with my balls in the middle of the night. And Florentine started laughing so hard, and he was like, they definitely don't check your balls for a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was dying laughing. And, but it was the funnest. This half marathon was the funnest thing we'd done. And then we went out to the beach, and we drank so fucking hard all night long. Had a great time. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, I'll do the, half, the full marathon, the L.A. marathon. But now no one wants to run it with I, me. I uh, almost got molested twice. Really? Twice. I'm shocked I didn't get molested more. And by the way, my molestation, I don't even know if it's real. Like, I just, because I did get a concussion. And you know how sometimes you. And he you, was juggling your you, balls. You dream heavy and you're like, I, I mean, I don't remember. Like, last night, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sick. I'm on the tail end of it. But last night, I was sweating so bad in bed, I thought my drink had spilled on my face. So I, <laughs> I'm like looking in my bed for like 10 minutes for the cup. What the hell? And I was like, where's the cup? And my wife's like, what the fuck? And I was like, my cup, my cup. And she was like, you're not playing baseball, honey. And I was like, no, I feel – oh, never mind. But, yeah, so uh, – so I yeah. almost got molested twice, and I didn't, and I think it's because I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> so you just you just fucking intimidated him with your dick? No, my dick my, my dick goes in the power. Oh, oh, boom, and it turtles up. Oh, so if so I had one of those it. banana dicks, and they're like, ah, do you like why how risk I say, the time? Do I like how I say he saw it? I don't even know if it was a girl it or a guy. It was two dudes. It's always a guy. One, uh, one was a father Dan. Can I tell you the conspiracy that's going on in my head? Okay. <coughs> I'm obsessed with uh, gun control right now. Okay. And today I was, in the, I was in the shower, and I was thinking, and by the way, this is just a thought. So if you get upset by this thought, realize it's just a thought that I'm trying to see if it works, meaning like it's an idea. Okay. Yeah. But all these kid shooters, the real base of the problem is that there are these lost people in this world that, that think that the solution is killing tons of people. Yeah. And part of me goes, I wonder if there is, I wonder if there is a, I wonder if there's a solution to connecting as a society. Like, I wonder if we've disconnected so much as a society that this kid, this Parkland shooter, I guess, had no family. All he had was guns, you know? And so, like, I wonder if there's a way to connect with him in society to, like, try to outreach out to these kids that are lost. If there's, like, a program where you can go, hey, man, anyone in here have a knife on them right now? And they're, like, three kids. They're, like, all right, you're who we need to talk to. Yeah. Like, you guys ever kill a cat? They're, like, oh, you take your talk, read my diary. And you're, like, like, so I was thinking about that all day today. I was, like... I was like going like wonder if part of what part of what this society likes is disconnecting these these people and having these issues that they can point their finger at as opposed to trying to find the solution. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I mean yeah. that's a different I mean like I could get into it dude. The uh, of the like eight or nine major impact events, there's deep state connections to them like big time. Yeah. Uh, there's actually the FBI is getting sued right now in two different cases. Of uh, be, of where they've encouraged this stuff going on, Fort Hood. They're being sued because they they encouraged this guy to go nuts, supplied him with weapons. I remember that, and Fort then Hood sat one. back. And then, do you remember when the guy was driving to uh, West Hollywood to do the shooting uh, to shoot up the gay pride parade? Well, he got arrested, and they were interviewing. He said, "I was told by the FBI to defend Islam and all that shit." These. These are fact, and then I could break every single one down to yeah. this, like where this connection is. There's, I mean, like I would, there is an argument that the biggest terrorist organization is is uh, our intelligence stuff. I mean, it's just if you took away nine eleven, you went through all these things. Imagine what kind of world we live in where those are, those events never happened. And like, are we are we fighting over guns? Are we this? The, here's the thing: when, it, and this is something for you to look in the future. When an, when an incident happens, there's three things to look for. One, uh, is the media there instantly? Like, 
the drop of the hat. They yeah. got full coverage. Two, was there a drill going on before there? And then three, uh, what are eyewitnesses saying? They, the, the truth comes out in the initial hour of what's going on, like interviews. And I, can, I always pull all the videos. And if you ever have them, I, can sit, I actually brought my computer afterwards. I'll, I'll, I'll show you all these crazy videos that break it down. That kid hog that everybody's talking about right now. Dude, that's, I was reading about that. I was reading about that this morning. He he did he's he he showed his hand in this PSA he ran while there was a shooter going on. He fucking slates somebody in, right before it starts and he gives the time he's he's doing the interview at and it's at nine thirty in the morning when the shooting didn't start till two thirty. And I have multiple witnesses saying that they were told that there was going to be a drill in which cops were going to be uh shooting blanks in the school to see how we would react. And well, they had an earlier fire alarm that morning. But there was actually a drill drill. A drill. They did a drill that morning, a right? A cop shooting thing. Where no. They, yes. I, have, I can show you the videos and all that stuff. I read about that kid because he seemed, a, he seemed a little too slick. First of all, two things. He seemed a little too slick, a little too prepared. And, and, and part of me was like, wow. So that's where we are now is that there's no respect for authority. There's no respect for your elders there's no respect for your congressman there's no respect for elected officials that it's now it's all about pulling strings you know vegas dude why do they hit vegas why do they hit a dude that place concert? that place blows my fucking mind because that one no drugs in his system no like but poison high levels of poison for like, real yeah the autopsy came back he had multiple poisons in his body he didn't technically die till 14 hours later after the shooting starts but he shot himself in the head right? well that's the story they tell Officially. you that's what the story they tell you see that's everything that we deal with what we have is this mainstream media sets the table of the incident and we have to work our way back but what they don't tell you is like, okay, where was SWAT? Well, I'll tell you where SWAT was. There's a video of them in the Tropicana escorting out a Saudi prince who is now fucking dead. You know, I mean, like Wait, the Saudi prince is dead. Yeah, he yeah. was part of the Saudi purge in which they did, they were going to. There was an event in Saudi Arabia in which they uh, uh, they made a uh, an AI robot a citizen, and everybody showed up. And when everybody showed up at, at this five star hotel, they arrested everybody. And 11, yeah, the 11 Saudi princes, 11 of the richest men in the world were all thrown into jail. And Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, two of them died. One was in a helicopter crash. Another one was a gunfight. And the guy, I'll show you the video, walking through fucking, he has SWAT right in front of him walking. If you ever play the Laugh Factory, you can go right down the area walking out. And he's kind of like walking like Sanford's son. And he's just walking out yeah. while these SWAT guys have guns out because that's they're all protecting him. There was multiple events going on there at Crazy. that night. Man, this is I I let's let's button this and talk about what we want to talk about because well, this, this will make this will, into this. this will spin me out forever. <laughs> the thing I, I the last thing I want to say before we start getting into where we're going is I got I got I got really frustrated last night watching the Oscars and it just I, I'm very frustrated with like I put something out there and wasn't like a jab at Jimmy Kimmel but it was like. It's just a little ironic to hear him talk about Me Too when knowing that he started his career on The Man Show with yeah. where women were called juggies. And you're like, that was the definition of misogynism. Misogyn- misogyny. Yeah, yeah. misogyny. And, and I was like, and I, don't, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have a bone to pick with Jimmy Kimmel. I'm just like, hey, guys. And then Kobe gets an award. And I'm like, okay, so we're not going to – he, like, legit, I think, yeah. admitted he kind of fucking raped her a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so – but and the, the hypocrisy that goes on 
Like it made me just disconnect. And then Georgia, my oldest, says, um, "Get Out was gonna win the best movie." And I go, "Yeah." She goes, "Why would they? Like, if it's," she goes, "Is it really that great?" And I said, "No, it's it's good. It's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie." She was like, "Well, was it better than Jumanji?" And I was like, "No, it wasn't. Jumanji was really fucking great. It <laughs> yeah, really was. It Jumanji good. was so fucking good. Yeah. It was so good in so many levels." Listen. And then I and then she goes, "So wait, why don't they just give it to Jumanji?" And I was like, "Yeah, why? I don't know. I go it's for all politics. It is." And so then today, today I'm I'm in the thing and I'm reading about that hog kid because there was something that rubbed me wrong about him and I'm reading about him and I'm and I'm reading about the Parkland shooter and then I said, "I'm going to go see how easy it is to buy a gun." Like I want to see how easy it is to buy a gun. In L.A., probably the hardest place to buy a gun in the country. I'm going to go see how easy it is. And I, on my way here, I left at 2 o'clock. The podcast is at 3. I pull into a gun shop on Magnolia. And uh, 15 minutes later. What? I have a gun. I have two waiting for me. What would you buy? A Mossberg and a the Glock. Huh. Dude, it was so Have you shot guns? I, do I have never? I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually have shot lots and lots of guns. Like, uh... But like, But like, I just was like... No was, background check, nothing. No, no. They just. Hmm. I mean, they they got my license. Crazy. They got my license, and then I took a Drag test. Car, my glass, the best bit. He goes and shoots a gun. He's like, "This is not the answer, but man, this will solve all my problems." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, here's the thing, dude. I I just want to say something about last night, and you know, you know, the see Tiffany Haddish there to see oh! where she's come from. Like, that to me is, like, the most amazing moment ever. Like, one of the greatest success stories of all time. I Outside love Outside of that, man, there is a, a conformist thing going on. Just know most of these people, not all of them, but most of them calling for this stuff. And I know and we're going to get it at the end with Aaron on that. But, you know, a lot of these people walk around with uh, um, uh, bodyguards. Uh, wherever they go, there's huge amounts of securities. And they're telling you you don't need to protect yourself. I, 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 I'm just going to tell you this, man. The, the government that is telling you not to, uh, that you don't need guns, is also complicit in the worst humanitarian crisis in the history of time, which is what's going on in Yemen, the proxy war. We are either supplying the weapons of the bombs or we're doing it ourselves. And uh, we've looked at people, they've lied to us about weapons of mass destruction, and they've, uh, we're in fucking about five or six wars right now, possibly going into another three, which would be eight, and maybe up to ten, which are Hitler numbers. So uh, if they'll do it over there, what makes you think they won't do it here? There is no connection. Uh, dude, dude uh, this, what's going on in society? Man, this is, uh, this is an itch I don't often itch, this podcast that we're doing. Because I, I have real conspiracies I, I genuinely believe in that make me sound crazy. Like real, like uh, I, I'm a conspiracy. I'm uh, conspiracy theorists are the equivalent of the male, a male version of cat ladies, basically. Oh the way yeah, people look at me like I'm that's a, a cra- that's a great analogy. I when what is happening right now is the same. It's a cultural revolution, just like they had in China, where they went in and they killed anyone smarter than anyone else, <laughs> and that is what's happening. They took away the guns and they killed 22 million people. Yep, and they went in and the kids went in and started killing people. Fuck you. Throw, you're a professor. Throw you out a window. Now you're paralyzed. Good luck with that. Live in a village. We're all the same. We're not all the same. And, and, and it's, it's ridiculous. When I, I, got into, I got into an argument. Not, I didn't get into an argument, but I got into a – I did a podcast with this young lady. Uh, I just say young lady because I'm older than her by like 15 years, 10 years. She, her name's uh, Aisling, Aisling B. She's an Irish comic. 
And like, if you want to listen to it, it's on my podcast. It's 52 Minutes In. Go to 52 Minutes In with Ashling B. And she says, I said something about how much fun comedy is at the store. I don't know what I said. But then she was like, we need to talk about the gender disparity at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I was kind of caught off guard. Also, I don't bring people on my podcast to fight. Like, I don't ever bring people in with an argument or disagreement. You've been on my podcast a ton. All we do is fuck around and tell good yeah. stories. Yeah, my only goal is to get for you to make me right, giggle. Right, right. Yeah. My, one, of my, one of my best traits in this business is that I like to giggle. You're a good person. I, I like to have a good time. You're it's, a chief. We spent uh, like two hours talking about how there needs to be affirmative action in comedy where they put five more girls on a show each show. And and I was arguing it should be merit-based. Yes. And 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 she was saying, but they're not looking at merit. They're just – it's I don't know. You need to listen Can to the I podcast. Can I just say something about that real quick? Can I just say yeah. something about yeah, that? Please. There's a couple things going on here with that discussion. First of all, the no, the notion that men and women in comedy, there's an equal number of people. That's, uh, it's not. Who, somebody, I forget the name of the comic, and I'll remember it later. He put out a great thing that women see this as equal. Like there's a, there's a spot for 30 women, 30 men. A thousand guys put in uh, to go for that 30 spots, and 300 women put in for those 30 spots, and women think that is equal. Uh, the truth of the matter is, and this is the guy that I'm as a guy who books a show, okay, yeah. in which you got to put fucking names, good luck getting any woman who fucking takes off. They get an ounce of fucking, a minute of fucking fame. They are gone on the road making fucking money, or they just don't want to do I mean, like, dude, yeah. I hate to tell you, man, it's, it's, I have more women cancel on me than anybody fucking else, man. And it's just like they just take off. It's, it's not so that funny you easy. Say that. I saw Eliza, not to blow up Eliza's spot or anything. Please do. But I saw Eliza cancel on a gig one night. And I, this is, she was just taken off on like comedy. And who, or on a, on, just started t- blowing up. And I still was just struggling. I was on Travel Channel at the time. But, and, but we were both on TV. But I was still like, I still had, I'm older than her. And I went in for my spot and I didn't want to do it. And she canceled and it was shit show. And they're like, Eliza's not coming. And I was like, man, the ball's on anyone to not. I've only not shown up for one spot. It was because I was sick as fuck. I will never bail on a spot. If I call in and I say I'm doing it, even like when I said, hey, can I give an extra spot that you can slide me in on? I try to show up early so that, like, I'm just, that's the way yeah, my brain works. it's great, dude. And you know what, man? It's just they move quicker, man. Yeah, they move a lot quicker than we do. as many of them. And listen, man, so you can complain all you want about the number of spots at the comedy store, but I want you, there was a, and this was about three years ago, I would look at the average, like, uh, beginner comic, male and female. The females had way more credits because they were getting on TV way more, and the guys would just be grinding. And the notion that you could just drop anybody into that fucking lineup and it's gonna yeah. go fucking well—that is deep fucking well. Even all the way three Dude. and a half hours into that lineup, it is deep fucking water. When I did your show the other night, and I called up and I was like, "Hey, I'm running one story. Can I stop in? It'll be like one story." I, I ate a dick on stage. And by the way, I've been doing com- comedy. Yeah, I, no, I, I've been doing comedy 20 years. Almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. I was, I was getting ready to shoot my third special. I've been on TV for seven years. I've done tons of big shows. And by the way, I'm just following Dalia. It's not like we're very different styles. So, like, I mean, if, I, if I'm following Tommy, I understand that maybe we're similar. People see us similar. Dalia's so young and fresh and quick that I can slow it down. Man, I had a hard time. And, like, I've been doing it 20 fucking years. And now Amy's – I think Amy's only been doing it 10. And so, like – and uh, to assume yeah. that anyone – like, 
comedy is something where the longer you've been doing it, the more it does count for something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't – it's like – it's not like uh, like acting where, you know, the more famous you are, the, the, the it's like – it doesn't matter. You can act for all your life. You, you just get old. No one wants to see you. I can like, look at a female comic and I can look at a young black comic and go, they're going to hit. I can't do that with a white guy. Oh. And listen, man, I mean, it's just the truth, dude. I could see killers. First of all, a lot of these young guys, these young white comic males, they're beat down. Dude, they're like, uh, I just can't get it. They tell me literally to their face, hey, you're not right right now. We're not looking for you. To your fucking face, dude. dude. You're, you're, and what you're saying is this is what I love about this conversation is that you're not saying – Women aren't funny, and you're not saying that uh, that um, they don't do the work we do. They're not. You're not saying any of that. You're just saying simply, when a woman does get success, she skyrockets so quickly that it's hard to get them to do spots. Yeah. Be- whereas a white guy, we will languish forever at the store or at the improv or at the laugh factory. We will be there every fucking night. Yeah. And and that's just that's all we have. We can't go to you won't like, be told a Drake if, premiere party because no one's <laughs> inviting us to that. If you you will not get told uh, if you're a female, we are not. I've seen one person complain about on 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 the internet that she they pitch show and they're like we're not looking for female leads. That's the first time I ever hear that. Yeah. Men get to, Tom Segura, Ryan Sickler go into a thing they told me and they pitch something. They're like, oh, you're just not the white guy, and they're like. Dude, he's fucking Latin, bro. Spe- and then t- yeah. Tom starts speaking full fucking Spanish well, to them. I think in all fairness, and, and this is the thing that's been the hardest for me, that I think it was triggered me to go in and buy a gun today, which now sounds like the whitest thing I've ever done. <laughs> but it's like I've been trying so fucking hard to just listen as a white man. I understand. I do understand that listening is what everyone's asking. But like – like halfway through the Oscars, it didn't sound like they wanted me to listen anymore. They just sounded to me like they didn't want me to show up. Like they, they were like going like halfway through the Oscars, they were like, they were like, finally inclusion. Get we need more. Like and I was like, I was like, cool man. I, I'm not a part of that team, but as a white guy, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. Like, like, do you not want me here? Do you not like, like I, I, I get it. Like, but I don't feel like I'm included anymore. And so then today I was like, I'll buy a fucking gun. <laughs> I'll fucking arm up. It's, it's, you know what I thought in the it's shower? It's the worst business model ever. You know what an AR-15 is really good for? Not letting someone take your AR-15. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. There's nothing wrong with it, man. There's nothing fucking wrong with it. And when you could break down that these kids that do these shootings, uh, there's a deep state connection. Humongous fucking prescription medication problem. Oh, fuck yes, dude. You're telling me. It, by the way, it is easier to get guns and prescription meds. It is, which is good. Because the prescription meds, man, I watch this thing on fentanyl. Yeah. And that's a conspiracy right there. Oh, 100%. Is those fucking, that guy, that Indian guru guy out of, out of Arizona who created the fentanyl fucking spray in your mouth because his wife had breast cancer. And now he is a billionaire. He's one of the top billionaires. Isn't he in jail now, though? No, no. No, I just, well, They I just know. arrested somebody for pushing fentanyl Oh, on it's people. not him. It's not him. He created the drug. So that it was a quicker release. It takes three seconds or three minutes before it gets into your bloodstream. Yeah, it's fifty times more powerful than heroin, dude. We, we, well, why do we need anything more powerful? Those than lollipops look so good, though. <laughs> <laughs> they got those fentanyl lollipops. I was like, dude, give me one of those on a flight. Have you ever had a morphine drip? You ever broken a bone? Yeah, I had. I had <laughs> Dilaudid. I fell off a waterfall, and they gave me Dilaudid, and they're like, just so you know, this is technically heroin. And I grabbed my phone. And I was like, I'm going to record a song. 
Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write my music. Like this is heroin. This is what and you I, need. I just felt hot. All of and a sudden, a grunge is back. Here's yeah. the thing, and I want people to get a very good understanding of what I'm saying. Equal anything past equality for all falls flat. Well, there's the there's difference no between, argument that works. There's a difference between equality and then equ- 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 equanimity. Equ- what's the what's the thing? Aaron thoughts. I'll tell you. Is that my phone making this pop? pop? Something. Um, real yeah, quick, I just want to say something. I also see in this town that people become militant. There are people, I'm not going to say their name, in particular female comic, I'm not going to say her name, that, uh, I mean, she came out here, she got a TV show, got another TV show, neither of them hit their numbers, but she got renewed. And, like, you would think this woman... It's like everybody's forcing her at gunpoint to be barefoot and pregnant. And it's just like, it's not real. And they just, I've seen young black comics who were just super nerds back in the day. Now they're super militant. Like, just like, you know, just like taking offense to everything. Like, oh, they don't yeah. recognize Dude, this movie as those, the greatest movie ever. And it's just comics. like, and you know, that's why you got to hang out with comic, black comics at party. Like, don't ever fuck around with black comics that don't party. Black <laughs> comics that get into the business because they're like, and by the way, I use this guy as an example, but I think he's super, super talented, and he has partied, so I like him as an example, but, but he is the example that like, I think people see, the, see it one way. I see it a very different way, but John Mulaney. John Mulaney's cool as fuck. Dude, him and uh, cool what's his face fuck. are funny. Him and Nick Crow were funny as fuck. Dude. That, but those that, black comics that see John Mulaney as their end game, and they, and they, like, and they go, I just, I'll let, you know, those aren't the ones I trust. I don't either, dude. If you won't split a line of cocaine with me as a black comic, I don't know if I want to talk to you. <laughs> Someone make a meme of Bert. <laughs> Here's my whole thing, dude. Uh, you don't have you don't have to rise raise somebody up by shitting on somebody else. Yeah. The goal is equal opportunity for all. We all have an opportunity, dude. The notion that white guys are like, hey, dude, listen, you're not that funny, bro, but you're white. You're gonna get a fucking set. Okay. There's no white guy. And by the way, there's there's no white guy trying to help other white guys out. Like for me, it just Rogan, doesn't work. Rogan does it. Well, no, no, but I meant. But I'm, no one goes because you're white. Yeah, it's not. Well, see, he just likes you because he likes you. Yeah. Like Joey's Cuban. Yeah. Ari's. Ju- we're not. It's not like a white. white right, like Joe's right, like right, right. Cr- Christian Protestant, right? right. <laughs> yeah, um, you're 100 percent, dude. But like when I take people on the road, I take whoever. I don't think I've taken a white person on the road with me. Zumox, the only white person I've ever taken on the road with says me. Says hello. I take. Uh, I take uh, Jesus. Women? I take. Um, God, Jesus is a killer, man. He's running the LA Marathon. Is he? Yeah. I take uh, Frank Castillo. I take, uh, I'm taking, uh, what's her name? Taylor Tomlinson. Take Taylor Tomlinson. I take, I'm taking, what's her her name? Who works the door at the store? Jessica. Jessica. I'm taking Jessica to Sacramento in a couple weeks. I don't, I don't ever take like white. I took Segura once and he bombed. So bad. I've (laughs) never seen someone bomb that bad in my life. Shut up. I have never, he, is so funny, but man, he has a potential to bomb so bad that none Still? of us have. To this day. Still. To this day. When was the last time you ever saw Tom Segura bomb? He walks. Uh, you, you he, him, and Bill, it happened, it happened. Bill Burr walk out the standing O's now. Uh-uh. No, no. I'll tell you right now. He told me this in privacy, but uh, <laughs> it happened the other night. I won't say where or when, but it happened the other night. It happened the other night. I'll tell you. I, I can't tell you anything off air because I promised him I wouldn't tell a thing. But we, like, I'll t- I, I. But bomb is a different. Your like, bomb is not even close to my bomb. My Segura's bomb. bomb is worse than both our bombs. No way. Because Segura takes a chance that we don't take on things, and people do not think he's joking. They really think he's being serious, and so when he bombs, 
Like, have you ever heard the bombing he did in in, Can, Win- in Ca- yeah. Calgary? Yeah, I get that because he fucking shit on a guy with like, dude. When I bombed at the uh, Vince Vaughn thing, it's because this one chick was heckling me, and I ripped her a new asshole. She happened to be there with like eighty people, and I fucking that's, and that was that's the Segura. The that's Segura. He goes in on the wrong person every fucking time. <laughs> he has an innate ability to go in on the person that you don't aren't supposed to talk to. The one person who whose uh, husband organized the entire event, totally. or the one person who has the disease that we're trying to, you know, that's Segura's innate ability is to like he's like a he can zoom in on those people. There's no way I believe that, but I'll take your word for it. Let's get into the uh, show. Oh yeah, uh, sorry. No, that's fine. I gotta buy a gun by uh, seven, so okay, we'll be you'll out be by out. Then. Be, okay, bye. We okay. got we got Did about forty minutes. Out of the gates oh or good, good, good. Oh yeah, where are you gonna be? You got any dates coming out? Uh. I am in Grand Rapids on the 16th of March doing some church hmm. and uh, and then Sacramento uh, the weekend after that. And then, uh, and then you find me on the road, birdbirdbird.com. Bert's all over the place. I am this Friday night. I'm at the Comedy Palace in San Diego working my hour. At, Shooting your hour on the 24th? At the 25th at the Viper Room. Yeah, dude, that's going to be fucking beautiful. I'm in town. I'm going to come. Please do. Watch me just fucking scream at people for an hour. Now, I'm also thinking about breaking up into two. No, I think it's going to just be an hour, but part of me wants to put it out in, in two half an hours because everyone's like, nobody's watching a whole hour, dude. Can I, t- I? I Okay. I agree I've never with done that. an hour. I've put out many albums. I've just never done an hour, so I'm thinking about just this will be my first hour, and the rest will be half an hour. Explain the breakup between the two. Well, one is conspiracies, and one's just like, you know, I want to call it Armageddon, the first a half an hour, and the second half an hour, zero fucks. There you go. Zero fucks? I like that. Well, it's going to be called zero fucks. It, it's actually going to be nothing to lose, zero fucks to give, you know? But it's going to be called Zero Fucks. Or I break it up in two hours, two half hours, and one is uh, Armageddon because it's just my conspiracies. And then yeah. the second one is uh, all my drug stories of me just getting fucking weird. I like that. I'm going like to be talking. I'm finally putting out the Silver Robot guy bit where I smoke crack and this dude tries to suck my dick and I got to fight him <laughs> with all my crack strength. And I fucking punch him and run. <laughs> and I lived on a floor, which got awkward later on, you know. But it's, yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna tell all those stories. And you're gonna shoot it at the Viper Room. Yeah. And who's are, is All Things Comedy doing it? No, I'm doing it myself. Really? My girlfriend Dana has been. She's shot every fucking great concert film. You know, Foo Fighters, Metallica. Oh, nice. She has a whole crew that's gonna come down, and uh, I'm getting a nice. They're they're helping me out. So yeah. Fuck yeah. Space is limited, uh, about a hundred per show, two yeah. shows. Yeah. Email Sam Tripoli Live for Sam Tripoli Live at you. And then yeah, so that's it. And then I might be in La Jolla the following weekend working on my hour there as well. So we'll just put it all together and figure it all out. March twenty fourth. March twenty fifth, Sunday, March twenty fifth, seven thirty, nine thirty. Fuck, I'm, I was gonna come down. I'm in, still in Sacramento that weekend. That's fine, dude. Yeah. But the thoughts that counts. And so cool. uh with that, that's it. And uh so it's very interesting because we talked a lot about, you know, Yemen and all that stuff earlier, and I wanted to get into that. But anytime I can hear about Tom Score bombing, I'll stop anything I'm doing. I don't care. Even if I'm having sex, I'll yeah. stop to hear about Segura bombing. I love him to death. Uh, it's a funny story because I literally think I'm the only one that bombs. Oh, I, no. no. I no, see no, you guys no. kill. Oh. I see you guys kill, and I'm like, I, I just, that's not me. I just have weird ones on the road. I can't. It, I will not believe that there's ever a time that you and Segura go out and it's not just straight thunder. Dude, first show of my of my Netflix taping. First show. It was fucking weak. What? Dude, I, I did can't... two shows. I did two shows. And I'm now 
Now, I think, in all fairness to what you're saying, the response was through the roof. And, I, and, I, and, and everyone was like, that was great. We got it. Let's do another one. But I guarantee you, if you were there, you would have been like, you would have come back in the green room and be like, if, and I was like, Sam, what do you think? You'd be like, bro, you got to bring it on this next one. Like, it was weak. It was weak. I got done, and I was like, I was like, fuck, man. That was not, that was not what you prepared so for. So weird. And then, and then the next show, the next show I did was, and I say this wholeheartedly, and I would never, I, I'm, a, I'm someone who tells you about the fight I watched. I don't tell you about the fight I wanted to have watched. Man, I had the best show of my life. I'm happy for From you. From the second I stepped on stage until the second I got off. And it was How long the, did you do? Uh, well, I ended up doing a lot of time because I ended up telling two stories at the end that were just extras, and they both ended up killing. And I was like, I was like, oh fuck! But man, it was my hours fifty six minutes, and I front loaded it, so it's just hammer time. Like yeah. it's fucking it, dude. It was the that so you show ended up doing like an over like what an hour and a half, probably an hour and a half. And then, That's great. but I, I sat when I got off stage. I saw my agent first, and I hugged him, and I was like, "That was it." I man, I very seldomly have I ever been able to say like with certainty that was the greatest show I've ever done. But man, and that first show, trust me when I say that was not the greatest show I've ever done. And I sat upstairs and I thought, "This is your opportunity. This is your shot to do, to show everyone around the world what you can do." And you just did that, and I was in my head. I was like, "Fuck!" My buddy Tony's up there, and I was like, "I was like." And, and no one was saying, no one was being honest with me, which is really shitty. Yeah, you need like, that. No one was being, like, my wife was. She was like, you flubbed a lot of lines. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, Leanne. She's like, no, I mean, I can tell you where, but you, I would just do it again, but don't flub any lines. I was like, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. My buddy Tony got two coffees, and he just sat, and he's like, we talked about this other project, and we're waiting for them to turn the room. And there was a lot of things out of my control that I think maybe caused that, you know, a lot of things that led up to that. But that second show I went out, and I was like, dude. My wife has a saying, you want to earn your Monday. Like Amy Schumer, when she came out with Trainwreck, Monday morning, we were in the car, and they were saying how much money she made on Trainwreck. And my wife goes, she earned her Monday. That Monday. Or Jordan Peele earned his Monday. He didn't have to pick up his phone once today. He could have laid in bed and eaten popsicles. And he earned that Monday. And so I said, my wife said to me, I sat up in that room, and I thought to myself, earn your fucking Monday. Like, don't let, don't squander this opportunity. Don't get in your head about it. Go out and do the one thing you can do, the only thing you can do with competency and have fun. I said, don't get in your head that it's a special. Just enjoy it. And I fucking – it is one of the best – my favorite shows I've ever done in my life. I'm and so happy. The fact that it's – that we've got coverage from the first show. So any flub I have in the first show is covered by the next show. If everyone likes the pacing of the first show better, coverage is fine on the second show. But that second show, they'll air that beginning to end, no cuts, and that'll that'll well, be. Well, dude, you could put out an hour and then do the second thirty minutes as a bonus little thirty minutes. I know what I'd like to do is put out that hour and then put out the first show and go. By the way, I can also do this horribly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I would love to see what your bad is, but uh So are you guys ready for this? Yeah. yeah. All right. The U.S. government classifies over five hundred million pages of documents each year. Offering little transparency to the public. 500 million pages of emails are classified. Kind of like when like iTunes came out and they're like, oh, you, could, you remember when they had the iPad or the iPod? And they're like, you could store like uh, 30,000 songs on this. And people are like, are there even 30,000 songs? And then two days later, you're like, God, it's clogged up. Yeah. Yeah, right? Exactly. So it's like, that's a lot of emails to fucking yeah. classify. Yeah. How can we know anything about what is happening on our planet if so much 
information is kept hidden from us. And that's why I think that shit is we have an unchecked government right now. I wonder how many of those are like just uh, kayak rebates and, you know. Uh, big five sale. Yeah, big five sale. <laughs> varieties inbox. You never know. I mean, the United States has a history of harboring secrets within government agencies. While the National Security Agency, as we know today as the NSA, was founded in 1952, its existence was hidden until the mid-60s. Oh, so the NSA's been around for a while. They've been around for a while, but we didn't know about it. Oh, Check it this shit out. Even George more, Bush made Homeland Security. That was when DHS. he made it. Yeah. So what, uh, even more secretive is the National Reconnaissance Office, which was founded in 1960 but remained concealed for 30 years. Unbelievable. Have you guys ever heard of the National Reconnaissance Agency? No, what is no. it? Dude, we can do an entire episode on it. it what like do they do? Well, think about it. When we were in high school, we're like, uh, all right, we're going to do a panty raid. Time to do some recon. Yeah. Exactly. So you'd have to go scout the house first. That was back when you could do a panty raid for being accused of sexual assault. Uh, we oh, could, dude, I was telling the other day, man, they, back in the 90s, you used to ring the doorbell. That was the big move. Yeah. Make out, put your hand down there, ring the doorbell, and then action time. Yeah, how inappropriate is Porky's now? When you go back and watch it, Whoa. you're like, is this a uh, rape? I'm, 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 I'm 16 Candles is rape. Yeah, the panty scene. No, it's, no. The, when he, his girlfriend gets drunk and he gives her to the nerd and says, have fun with her. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, that's fucking, that's sexual assault, bro. Yeah, dog, You can't give a drunk girl to a kid yeah. and go, she's all yours. Have fun with her. Here's my parents' car. Oh, revenge of the nerds. like the Dude, Revenge the, of the Nerds is rape. Yeah. He's, he rapes he's her. having sex with the, the best girl wearing a I Darth saw that. Vader mask. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like uh, takes the mask off. Ah, it wasn't who you thought it was. Oh, huh? wacky. Oh, my God. I wonder why it's so good. <laughs> So check this out. Leaks from Edward Snowden, a former intelligence contractor, shed light on black budget world. Special access programs, or known as SAP, use trillions of dollars every year to conduct operations the general public knows nothing about. They are also known as deep black programs. A 1997 U.S. Senate report described them as so sensitive that they are exempt from standard reporting requirements to the Congress. Yeah, so basically you can make projects and nobody has to green light it. You're n- you don't have to go to Congress and ask for approval. You can just start doing this fucking shit. And you wonder why we're 24, we lost $24 Trillions. trillion dollars to the Pentagon. You don't even have to ask. It's unchecked, bro. It's unchecked. See, that's where they need to be checking white privilege. Is let's, yeah. let's, let's go to that place. Yeah. Like, let's find, let's, let's empty that swamp as opposed to like Casey Affleck. What the fuck dude. did he do? Yeah, 100%, dude. It's like, that's the problem with white people. Like, if you took any group of people and go clump them all together, they'd be like, hey, no, we don't do that. We're <laughs> all individuals. You don't clump us together. White guy's like, oh, fuck yeah, these evil fucks. You yeah. start high five. It's the fucking truth, dude. <laughs> yeah. that, like, groups go groups go horizontal, not vertical, dude. Yeah. yeah. One aspect of these programs is the development of deep underground military bases. This oh, is this is what I fucking like. Yeah. They can exist up to several miles underneath the surface of the earth. There are no shortages of theories flooding the internet all about these things. There are reports of alleged top secret projects and reverse engineering of alien technology in order to advance our own. The reality of deep underground military bases is extremely fascinating. There is an enormous amount of evidence that proves their existence. Known locations, Casablanca, or as we call it, the White House. There's a giant base under the White of House. Of course there is. Right? Giant so, base. I would be upset if there wasn't. It's called uh, the PEOC, which is the President's Emergency Operations Wasn't he Center. in NWA? The PEOC? Oh, that's the DOC. <laughs> that's the DJ. It's in the east wing of the White House, and it's the first place the President will go in event of a catastrophic emergency. 
So they built this um, during FDR in World War II, and the underground bunker was designed to withstand a nuclear blast. And this is where old Dick Trickle Cheney met the security agencies uh, on September 11th during the How attacks. How cool would that be to be Dick Cheney and and probably not know that that's there? I guess it, you know, it, like, oh, dude, and then and be like, there. I know, but wouldn't it be cool if it, you didn't and you were the vice president? And then you're like, sir, we have uh, bad news and we have good news. Like, what's the bad news? We've been we're under attack. What's the good news? We're gonna go hit a button we've been, never been able to press. Come on, let's see where we go. Kunk, and then you get in an elevator and you go six miles beneath the earth. <laughs> six miles, dude. right? So check this out. Um, another place is called Raven Rock Mountain Complex. Is this in Colorado? This is in uh, Pennsylvania. We're, we're gonna get to Colorado. Okay, okay. Oh, and I, I got okay, a story yeah. about a mountain. So Raven Rock sounds like some place from the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, it's underground bunker designed for the U.S. Command Center in event of World War III as a backup for the Pentagon. I love how all the like the politicians have a place to hide. Always. Like they're the ones starting the fight, but we have nowhere to hide. They're never. They might let you in. They'll never gonna let us in. Wouldn't that be cool though if you could buy into that? Like if you could like, like you have your rent. And then you're like, oh, and you also are part of this underground bunker. That would be the great. Community, like, oh, like yeah. if the if the comedy store was like, by the way, once you become a paid regular, you then also get access to this bunker that we can go down in case of what a war. What is this? Just some backup showing you deep inside of a cave. So check this one out. It's uh, located in the Blue Ridge Summit, PA. The facility is built into a mountain and designed to stand nether nuclear blasts. It's entirely self-sufficient with two power plants. It's a multiple underground water reservoirs and a sophisticated ventilation system. It can operate for 30 days uh, with no contact from the outside world and can accommodate 3,000 people. I ain't part of that 3,000. So, so that's Raven Rock Mountain. Now, How do we get in on that? Well, this one we might be able to. Cheyenne Mountain. Carved into the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, this massive military base was the original location of NORAD, which you might remember from War Games or Stargate, if you remember yeah. Sexy yeah. Kurt Russell. Right? It's the most seismic sound area of Colorado. Look at this, dude. It's still going. Oh, it's going to go for a while. This and the like government wanted This is the one in Colorado right here? I think this is, uh, uh, this is in Pennsylvania. What, Aaron? I said this kind of looks like the footage from my uh, colonoscopy. Yo, oh, Aaron. Oh, hey. Wow. Zing. So, <laughs> Aaron's got a deep butthole. So uh, <laughs> Cheyenne Mountain is owned and operated by the Air Force Space Command. It's completely self-sustaining and its own power plant, heating, cooling system, water supply, and it's more secure than the Pentagon. So, I mean, this thing was designed for the inevitable nuclear blast, hashtag 2020, so it's coming. Well, you know, it's, like, so interesting. I know you're going to talk. Do we get any uh, Area 51 anytime soon? So, yeah, secret military bases used to be considered a conspiracy theory, but not long ago, the DOD, Department of Defense, officially declassified the existence of Area 51. So now, now these he, are known places we just talked about. Well, let me just say this about Area 51. A friend of mine, I was, uh, I went back home upstate, and uh, my friend is a he. He's the district manager for the sales company, and occasionally has to go around and meet clientele going door to door. And he not he's met a couple people, and I've told these stories before. But he basically met this guy that did like uh, worked at Area 51, and he told him that Area 51 is just a smokescreen. That it's not the real thing. Really? The real shit is fucking this mountain about 13 miles away. And this is this mountain that they fucking completely carved out. And it's and so he goes, I didn't know this until I got called in to do some work on this shit. So he drives over this mountain. He comes in. They make him back up his car. He has to drive like this thing's doing. He has to back his truck 
all the way down this spiral, down to the mill, has blinders on each side. He's not allowed to look at anything going on. He's keep straight and just keep fucking turning, going all the way down. He fixes his shit, and then he drives back up, and he's not allowed to look at anything, dude. And it's like this kind of shit, super deep. The real shit is in the mountains. They carved out a mountains. Now, on the um, Patreon episode that we did, Amazon, the guy who owns Amazon, has fucking done this to a mountain. He's he's so rich, he's fucking just basically carved out a mountain. And he's put a time clock in there. And I, I want one of these so fucking bad. You want a carved out mountain? No, I want one of these underground bunkers. And I know that guy, remember that guy bought one and he was putting LSD in everyone's asshole? Yeah. Oh, Do you know who I'm talking about? You're talking about Owsley. Was it Owsley? You're talking about uh, Stanley Owsley. Yeah, and he was putting, L- dude, I want one of these. I want to find one. I wish... This is the show I'd watch on HDTV. You know, like uh, they got a, a beach, beach rescues. Oh, live in Hawaii. Bunker makeovers. Bunker makeover. Yeah, that's the real man. Case. Bunker makeovers, man. And you got into a bunker, and it's just cement from top to bottom, and just huge forty foot ceilings, and just steel doors. Gong gong. I would love that. Oh, yeah. well, you, dude, how many of these things do we have? That's what we don't understand. The military is so. You realize this was technology in the 50s. Technology was dig a hole as deep as we can and just fill it with cement so we can get in there. They didn't have any. Dude, this thing's still going. It's still fucking going. I've been in caves this deep in the earth, in in New Zealand. I went into one where you just went deep into the earth. Damn. And, dude, they're terrifying. And once you get down there, you're like, so wait, we're certain this isn't going to crumble? Yeah. Like... We've all talked about this. Look at these miners, dude. They get stuck in this shit. And they're like, yeah, you're fucked. Oh, I was just watching a documentary on uh, on uh, miners. Going. On miners. And they were talking about how, uh, oh, what? Man, I wish I, I need to, like, put notes for myself about stuff I've watched so I can talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it probably wasn't even a documentary. It was probably a reality show about miners. Yeah. But uh, they were talking about they go they go into the fucking earth. <laughs> like, they don't go, like. It's still going. That's fucking insane. To where it goes from cold to being hot, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know what it was? It was They were talking about the, the Chilean miners. Yeah. When yeah. they got stuck, they got stuck like eight miles in the earth. Down. They, they got stuck down. Yeah. That's, that's not where you want to One be. came up as a girl. At the end, they had, her in a, had him in a wig and makeup. <laughs> yeah. They're like, like oh, hey, we didn't how'd know you it? survive? <laughs> uh, that was rough. <laughs> we had to make some choices. We only had 20 bucks of cigarettes. So <laughs> if you do a simple Google uh, search for deep underground military bases, or as they're called, dumbs, the first one or one main one that will come up is Dolce, New Mexico. So Dolce, New Mexico is located on the Colorado-New Mexico border with a population of 3,000. It's the tribal headquarters for the Jicoa Apache Reservation, and it's of the alleged location of a secret joint human and alien underground facility beneath the Archula Mesa just outside town. Here, a multitude oh, of You're telling me, so it's, a, it's known as the place where we hang out with aliens? It's, it's known as that? So check this shit out. Here, a multiple, multitude of experimentation projects are carried out on kidnapped men, women, and children, such as genetic experiments and cloning. Oh. Animal and human crossbreeding, yeah. atomic manipulation. Animal and human crossbreeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. They're getting. I've seen those videos. What would you want to be? I'm, all, I'm not me. I'm thinking about what I'd turn my wife into. <laughs> Part horse <laughs> and get around on her and fuck her with a stool. 
Is that an uh, L joke? How do you think your wife's going to feel about that? You want to make her not even a My Little Pony, but a fucking horse. Dude, I was already thinking because uh, she they thought she had pneumonia. And I was like, oh, you know what? I wouldn't mind. Like, not. I don't want her to go into a coma, but like, <laughs> but just like thin her out a little bit, you know, like just be like, hey, cut back the calories. She's going to be here for a month. Let's cut them back to like 900 a day. Step you know? on her, her feeding tube. Yeah. And bit. then, but I was thinking, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be bad. By the way, this is horrible that I'm saying this. Yeah. But like as a, <laughs> a car accident that like kind of, uh, you know, wrecks up her body a little bit, but not her face. So I can go, oh, let's rebuild her. And then I'm like, like big tits, big tits. <laughs> We're going to rebuild the ass, big ass. Stretch your legs out. Stretch your legs out. We have the technology. We have the technology. <laughs> the $6 million wife. I mean, so they... Still going, dude. Yeah. So they say there's all sorts of weird shit that goes on here, right? But in the early 1960s, what we do know happened for sure is a subterranean nuclear blast occurred 30 miles southwest of Dolce, right off US 64. This nuclear blast was conducted under the umbrella of Project Plowshare and was named Gas Buggy. Project Plowshare was a United States program for the development of techniques to use nuclear explosives, quote, for peaceful construction purposes. So 31 <laughs> nuclear warheads were detonated in 27 separate subsurface tests. Where? All in the U.S. So we're saying they detonated... Are you... Dave... Dave... They've exploded nuclear bombs in the United States? Oh, yeah. Uh, White Sands, New Mexico is where we did all the atomic testing. Oh, my God. But we're talking about they know they've this is 100 percent fact. It's known. It's out there. So Plowshare was the U.S. portion of what they call peaceful nuclear explosion. Peaceful nuclear explosion. We've got to test them out. You can't drop them and go like, fuck, they don't work. Yeah, right. They did this in the 60s, blowing up areas. And now you can build back up once supposedly, I guess. Well, oh, do you ever hear that's a theory, and it's Eddie Bravo's theory that that they didn't use nuclear bombs in Hiroshima, that they were actually just fire bombs because people moved right back in, like there was no. Did they like, really move? Right yeah, back they in? moved right back in, dude. There was no downtime or let the radiation go down. It was like boom, they're right back in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and so it's suspected that this particular subsurface nuclear blast was used to create a hollowed-out chute oh or chimney God. for the development of a substation for a super-secret tunnel system attached to an underground Black Book project base. So the idea is all these underground bases are all connected by a high-speed rail system beneath the surface. Hold on, I do That's think impossible. all through the That's world, impossible. all through the country? That's impossible. It's impossible. Trillions of dollars? It's impossible. Why? Unlimited? Because it just, you, it's impossible. Why you do you think that? You can't that? build a train from Philadelphia, or from Pennsylvania to Colorado underground. Why? Not a straight shot. So that's why they have so many of these. They go from one to the other. So the idea is Dolce is what connects up to Cheyenne up in Colorado because it's on the border. And then from that goes to Area 51. Area 51 comes down into areas in california How great would that be so i mean i've heard stories i used to know the security guard at a weed clinic it's not a good start right. it's a horrible start to a fucking conspiracy right? story and so after a while and he was like a gnarly cholo right and i was their cable guy that would hook up their security system this was in santa Ana. i yeah. just dealt with these crazy gangsters they were like dude this guy's white boy he's crazy enough to hang out after a while they started telling me shit they're like you should talk to the security guard he's nuts like you he believes that stuff and he told me I was in the Navy. They asked me to come on. I just my commander's like, "Hey, let's go." They got onto a, a subway, and they popped up, and he was like in Malibu. Then they got on a submarine, and he popped up, and he was like in another country. Submarine or a train? Full on. He's saying that there's like 
in there's underground systems leading to like area off the coast of Malibu. Holy and then shit. from there it's Where do you all get on interconnected it? submarines. It's it's designed for this is all a post apocalyptic scenario. Oh yeah, dude. You know, I mean this isn't for That's us. where all the money's going, dude. I mean, so what's really crazy is It's so, still going. And by the way, that was a video was only halfway done. Yeah. yeah. So this base was first mentioned by Paul Benowitz, which some might Good rename, old Paul. He was receiving transmissions from aliens in nineteen seventy nine. So this isn't a good source, right? But his claims were also made even more clear by Paul Schneider. He was attested his information to confirm the existence of this base. Schneider was a government geologist and skunks works engineer with high level security clearance who claims to have worked on many black budget projects. He alleges that since nineteen forty seven Deep underground military bases have been constructed across the country, connected by a series of high-speed rails underground. I totally believe it, dude. Check this out. In 1979, he participated in the building of the secret underground base in Dolce, New Mexico. Uh, He was suspicious by the engineering operation when he noticed the presence of Green Berets and Special Forces. Um, His fears were were realized after drilling underground, he came face-to-face, quote, with a seven-foot-tall gray alien. Hey, okay, well, that's where he lost me. Right. Hi, dude. I he, a, had me, he had me going the whole fucking time, and then you're like... You don't believe in aliens? By the way, I do believe in aliens. I do believe in aliens. Okay. And that's why I almost got involved in Scientology. What? Yeah, this, I was at a dinner, and, and I was joking. I was, I was a little buzzed, and I was joking about Scientology believes in aliens, and this guy's like, let me... What are you, Cre- Catholic? He's a Scientologist. And I go, yeah. And he goes, so you believe that, like, Jesus died and then rose from the grave? I said, well, no. I, I think that's, you know, it's... It's, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for, and he's like, well, so then you believe that Moses actually split the seas? That's what they wrote, right? And I went, no. And he goes, well, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that there's life forms out in this universe other than us? And I was like, there has to be. And he goes, so you actually believe in the thing I believe in, and you kind of admit you don't believe in your thing. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, this is how they get you. <laughs> I was like, you got it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, dude, uh, a good friend of mine, his father used to work at this uh, – Institute of Technology in Chicago, and his dad was like, "I have to tell you something because his dad's like kind of on the way out. He's like eighty something." Oh, like I'm not it. dying with any secrets. Keep going. Okay, <laughs> so his dad's like, "I was working at this this Institute of Technology, and I got called to fix something in a floor I've never been to." So he goes down to the floor and he goes down really far, and he's like, "Fuck, man, this is kind of weird." So he gets out and he starts walking around. And he starts seeing that this they're doing tests on these animals. They're shooting lasers and to fucking monkeys. Like, what the fuck? He's, they're doing shit in the horses. Like, he sees a horse on a table. and they're fu- He's like, what the fuck? So he keeps walking, man. He walks, and there's this giant bunker, right? This giant, like, fu- what's yeah. it called? Uh, um, uh, hanger. Hanger, hanger, right? And he looks out, and there's, like, what he's th- best described as a spaceship. And he, dude, and he says that fucking, he sees these gray green things running around it. And he's like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. And then one of them sees him, right? And then next thing you know, there's fucking, there's, uh, he's got like security on him with guns. They're like, what the fuck are you doing on here? He's like, you called me to fix something. So they had a discussion. Like, what are we going to do, man? Like he, he's seen it while there's like, blah, blah, blah. They let him go. The, the deal is, like, you can't tell anybody what the fuck you saw. So for, like, every year, for, like, 30, 40 years, he got visited by men in black. We go, hey, have you told anybody what you fucking saw, right? 
And then he would go like on the he would he would tour the world and he'd you know he'd show up with his fucking passport and every time they'd be like we gotta see you gotta go in the office he's like fuck you go in the office these dudes in black would show up going did you tell anybody yet Good no <laughs> so he says he says uh he goes my dad doesn't have that kind of fucking creative he's not that dude that makes up stories like yeah. this ever dude he saw that shit and that was like 50 years ago he goes dude it, that's that's the other thing is that like i think there's more to be gained from lying now i mean like it's, everyone ha- is in this rat race of i think i think everyone's in a rat race of fame everyone's wants to be famous i i, I believe that that isn't i i'm starting to think that is the secret to life because I think that's all anyone wants. Because that's all anyone does with Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. and They just want to be regarded. They want to be held in high esteem. Yeah. But bef- And so now I think there's more reason for someone to lie about stuff like that. Back then, dude, it was the goal was to like raise your family right and die. Yeah. And that's it. So when you hear stories about like back in the day, I mean, you got, you, got to, you got to imagine that there had to be, they had tons of money. And they're like, they had to be like, well, what are we going to do? It's not as complex as it is now. Like, we need one guy to make sure in case a bomb comes over, we're going to be safe. How much? Give him like a trillion? And then he was like, what do I do? And the guy's like, start digging holes. See if we can connect them. You think we can do that? And he's like, I guess. You know, like, it's not that far off there. I want to find one of these and buy it. I think they have to make the the (laughs) smoke screens more and more complex. Because more, like, the internet is just, there's a, I think the internet, well, you know where the internet came from, right? Al Gore? No. <laughs> the internet came from... Um, CERN. CERN, which is the... Oh, I know CERN. Yeah. yeah. So that's where they invented the internet, was to communicate with each other. Well, the fact that CERN's real yeah. is it blows me away. Yeah. They're oh. trying to open the dim- uh, interdimension travel. Dude, I went over to... I went over to uh... <laughs> Bring me back for that podcast, because I'm obsessed with interdimension travel. I'm obsessed with time travel. I'm obsessed with all that shit. I I I, I uh, <laughs> what was I just about to say about um oh the, I went to Elon Musk's place uh SpaceX yeah. that that place that's next level that's he, he could easily have aliens in there and it w- I wouldn't be shocked that place was so aggressive and did you see that that space this SpaceX entered into the atmosphere that one time yeah and everyone's like I dude. I was on the phone with Segura, and I grabbed my daughters, and I said, we are being invaded by aliens. I was like, we are being invaded by aliens. can I just tell you something? And everyone calls me fucking crazy, but my friend Vanessa Johnson goes, did you notice that everybody got sick after the fucking SpaceX fucking after thing? That's when everybody got sick. So we did something on chemtrails, right, and how fucking real that shit is, and how there's actually a fucking they pass a law that weaponized chemtrails and someone showed me a video dude i'll send you this video it is insane they just straight up fucking put chemicals in the sky and you think about that you think okay they're just flying planes you look up someone's playing tic-tac-toe in the fucking sky just imagine what they could do with a fucking spacex which is the new nasa nasa's fuck they're like okay everyone's on the nasa let's fucking do spacex and now you got the guy who's fuck. Basically, dude, the guy who owns Amazon is our Lex Luthor. I decide he's our Lex Luthor. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes total fucking sense. He's a multi-bazillionaire who's up to no fucking good. When you've got that much money, why not? Why what, not? Yeah, what, are you going to buy shoes? I just, I'm telling you, a picture's going to come up. He's going to have a big fat cat, and he's just going to be petting the cat at the Amazon <laughs> fucking factories. I mean, so the way this story ends, we'll get out of uh, Dolce's. So he sees this alien. 
he freaked out and grabbed a pistol he was carrying and shot and killed two of them. That's why I bought guns. Right? So another alien shot him with some sort of laser plasma ball, and it blew off his fingers. And he did have fingers that were blown off. This event was spurred uh, what they called uh, the Dolce Wars and allegedly left 66 humans dead and Schneider badly injured. I mean, he talked about this all the way to the day he died in 1996 when he was strangled by a catheter wrapped around his neck. Imagine getting choked out with your own poop back. And the uh, bizarre death was dismissed by authorities as suicide. Oh, it's always, that's where the term suicided. She got suicided. I mean, the problem with the stories about Dolce Base is it's so difficult to sift through the mountain of gibberish written on the internet to find like the nuggets of truth, but... Where there's smoke, there's usually some sort of fire. And there's a lot of smoke in New Mexico. Yeah. So if we got any fans out there, wear your shirts or your hoodies. Take a picture next to that uh, entrance to the base. Dude, I'm telling you, man. And that's you haven't even gotten to that underwater base that you always show me pictures of that came up on Google Maps, right? <laughs> we're getting there. Oh, shit. So now from uh, New Mexico, uh, we're going to go to the Denver International Airport. Have you been to this airport? Of course, yeah. yeah, dude. Shady as fuck. Okay. It's called DIA. Uh, it's a vast 53-square-mile complex and is owned and operated by the city of Denver. It's, in fact, the largest airport in the U.S. and the second-largest airport in the world, next to, of course, Saudi Arabia's king. But the weird thing about the airport is it's in, like, not the ideal location. It has oh, it's horribly placed. Lots of crosswinds, lots of ice. So it's weird that they built this massive airport. Out of nowhere. It's mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. It's like, very- you gotta, like, you have to drive... Hey, like, you got to drive like 40 miles, right? You got to drive, uh, honestly, I, I want to say like 15 miles just to, like, you get out of the city and then you're like, oh, I see the airport in the distance and I'll be driving on a road to get there. So uh, some speculate that the facility is part of a continuity of government program, an underground bunker for the U.S. government in a post-apocalyptic scenario, oh. a massive underground city to be used by our government in the event that Washington or our central government command hub is compromised. According to some investigative reports, including one headed by the former governor of Minnesota himself, Jesse Ventura, the underground city that lies beneath the airport connects to other deep underground military installations, such as the Cheyenne Mountain Force, 90 miles away. So it goes Dolce, Cheyenne, Denver International Airport. Unbelievable, dude. They connect. And you know that a bunch of uh, royal family people have bought huge properties around Denver? Like, fuck, British, Saudi... All own giant fucking properties around uh, the Denver airport. Very close. The creepy ass murals. That's the one thing people talk about when they talk about DIA. Um, within the terminals of the airport are two large murals painted by the artist Leo Tanguma. Fuck that dude. The two pieces are titled The Children of the World Dream of Peace and In Peace and Harmony with Nature. I mean, here it is. I'm showing it. Those well, that looks like a stormtrooper. Yeah. yeah. Explain to them at home that are seeing this. That is, a, that it looks like a Nazi with a gun, with a, with a, a semi-automatic gun with a bayonet on the end of it um, in one hand. A, mach, a machete in the other hand. No. What's in that a, other hand? Oh, a machete. A machete and a sword in the other hand. Killing a bird. And he's got a gas peace. mask on. Yep. And he's... And he's just watching over sleeping children. And they're all like dying. It's like hordes of people just like being crumpled. So, I mean, conspiracy theorists believe that the children of the world dream of peace is a message that was designed by the Illuminati and or the New World Order to outline the eventual takeover of the world by these organizations. Dude. Hiding in plain sight. Yep. It's just, I mean, dude, when you just look into this shit, it's so creepy. Look at that, dude. 
Safe Why travels. is that penguin in the glass jar? You're, you're on like a nice little flight, you know, and then you look to your left and you see a whale on fire and trees and a dying leopard. You're like, oh, I'm in Denver International Airport. And that middle child's just staring, st- sitting over a leopard, I think, that's dead, and he's staring at you in a way that if you looked long enough, he'd blink. <laughs> totally. So that takes us, for moving west now, takes us Dude. to Malibu. Okay. And now, this wasn't discovered until Google Maps really started getting online, and people just started, like, sifting through images and looking at the coast. And they noticed that there was a structure off the coast of Malibu that is very uniformed, it's giant, and it has, like, four columns, and it's, it's massive. It's ridiculous. Um, they think that this is... It's uh, six miles off the coast of Point Doom oh, in yeah, Malibu. Oh, yeah, look at that, dude. Did you, is it on here? No, I will, but don't worry. Um, the unusual structure sits on the seabed floor, and based on images attained on Google Earth, the oval-shaped object has a huge flat top and appears to be po- pillars or columns that reveal the entrance to a darker inner place. The idea is this is like an underwater like submarine port that connects to all these. I like that. And what's crazy is we all know about sure. UFOs. Um, uh, I don't have it on there. Uh, we all know about UFOs, but USOs, which is underwater submerged objects, have been reported longer than UFOs. It's actually in Columbus's first diaries. What? He talks about USO. Really? So you what about see, this? It's pretty massive, right? What about this, dude? Did you ever see that? Doesn't it look like the Millennium Falcon? It does. Where is Underwater? That? That's in the Balkan Sea. We're going to definitely do one on that. That one's a very... That's the uh, the Balkan Sea Anomaly. Yeah, it's the Balkan it. Sea Anomaly, dude. It's like it looks like a motherfucking Millennium Falcon. It does. Show them the, show, show them the video of... Uh, show them the picture. I will. I, I don't have it here, so just... Okay. But, yep. Um, but that's pretty... Pretty trippy, right? Yeah, it's like, dude, right near Very. us, dude. It's fucking weird. Is this thing still going? Yeah, it's been going for a while now. Oh, this is the same one? It's weird that, uh, yeah, it's the same. It's, uh, I think this is a cave in Pennsylvania is one I was looking at. Uh, I know you're into time travel, and I want to find this to show this to you. Um, uh, keep on vamping here for me, Sam. I'm going to find this Okay. Uh, I think it's great. Oh, here it is. I wanted to show you this. This is basically the underwater base he's talking about. In in Malibu. Malibu, yeah. yeah like how crazy is that? These? Why wouldn't you have one of these? I mean, dude, that's where the trillions of dollars goes. That's where the there it is. That's where the trillions of dollars go. Security team, yeah. This guy's getting all of his videos taken down. For real? Yeah, dude. There's a big push on YouTube for censorship right now. And uh I mean, <laughs> look at that, dude. Is that like at all normal? See no. The pylons? <laughs> It's not a normal thing. Yeah, that dude. That is crazy. So um, a couple years ago, randomly bought a DVD collection of these like um, old-timey 60s, 70s drive-in theater movies, and I randomly put on a movie called Van Nuys Boulevard, and this movie came out in 1979. I was born in 1980. So I start watching this movie, and I leave the room, and my buddy's like, dude, you got to come back. You got to see this. And, uh, and we rewind it. I'm about to show it to you right now in just a second. But he's like, you're in this film. I'm like, no. So, uh, what? Yeah, Fuck so, me. So, have, what? So, when did you become obsessed with time travel? I'm gonna find this. But when I was uh, when I was a kid, when Quantum Leap came out, I think was oh, when I first got into it. My dad and I. That was our show, and so we'd watch. I Quantum love Leap. Quantum Leap. And I just loved. I loved. The, How come I loved no the cold opens. Made that? <laughs> Dude, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. I went to Donald Belisario's office one time. I was going up for an audition. He's the one who created Quantum Leap. And I went up and I saw it was Donna Belisario. And I was like, 
Excuse me, is Mr. Belisario in here? And they were like, uh, uh, he is. And I was like, can I say hi to him? And they're Holy like, shit, dude. They're like, uh, do you have an appointment? And I said, no. <coughs> and he was, his office door was open, and I just said, Mr. Belisario, big fan, thank you very much for being Quantum Leap. And I walked out. Hell yeah. So my buddy's like, watch. After this van drives by, this is just like standard, just shooting Van Nuys Boulevard. These aren't actors. This is just people, you know, whatever. The, the guy in the motorcycle. It looks a lot like someone in this. Holy shit, Did dude. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Looks shit. exactly like you, you shady fuck. I'll try of course to... you buy this. Dude, that is you. It's everything. And you're looking into the camera. Yeah. And so what my theory is, is that time travel, you can only travel before you were born or after you die. Because two things can't exist in the same space at the same time, or you create a rip in the time-space continuum. So I was born in 1989. This movie was either made in 1978, put out in 79, but I wasn't born yet. Yeah. And I'm trying real hard to pause it here. Look at that. Oh, dude, that's you. That's you so for sure. It's called Van Nuys Boulevard, 1979 trailer. I'm like 11 seconds in, you're going to see Ryan off the grid Davis. So. And right there, you were you, what? I, now, here's the story I want to hear is you go back in time, right? Mm-hmm. You're there, and you're like, I need to send a message to myself. And you're walking, and you hear someone go, uh, all right, action for Van Nuys trailer. And you're like, oh my God, I buy, this is a movie I end up buying. I end up buying this movie. Oh fuck, I can give, so there's a message you're trying to give yourself in here. You're right now, you're just seeing yourself, but there is a message that you're trying to give yourself. And you're like, and you're going, I know I watched this. Oh my God, that's right. I see myself in this. Oh, I need to tell myself more. And so you're not seeing the, dude, I'm obsessed with fucking time travel. I did a, you think it's possible. I, it's, by the way, not only do I think it's possible, it's my only hope. Like I, I, I have really all my for, for for fucking eternal life. Like I have all my eggs in that basket. I uh I think it's possible. You know, the whole theory of time is there is everything's happening at one time. Yeah. That the past hap- is going on right now and the future's going on. It's like it's not like a line, but it's stacked on top of each other. And I believe there's been many different universes in which I've died and I and I'm simply living out the one where I continue to live. But I like I, I believe there's a, I know there's one time I definitely died. I, what time's a, that? This I was in this car with this girl and uh, and uh, her name was Julie Homan. She was driving. I, I don't. I'm not gonna say she was drinking. She's probably a grown up with children now. Yeah. But I I'll tell you right now. I, I don't remember in my recollection anyone in the car being sober. <laughs> and we were driving down Himes. I think we were driving down Himes over by like over by the mall. And we're all laughing and we're flying and she cuts it and literally swerves through a red light like ah, ah, and a car went in front and a car went behind and she pulled it out straight and kept going straight and we were all in the car like shut the fuck up some Dukes of Hazard shit dude every time I've done one of those crazy things I did for Travel Channel like jumping off a building or jumping out of a plane or jumping I always believe you do anything with sharks oh fuck yes did it scare you Uh, dude I've done so much shit with sharks now I'm not even I'm numb to it (laughs) like I I swam out of the cage with great whites I don't even know how you do that dude I would flip I dude uh uh no I want to talk about it on stage but it's so alienating when you say to someone I've done everything there is to do and I'm gonna shit on it a little bit you know like (laughs) hey Chappelle came out saying, hey, I'm, I got to stop this comedy shit. I'm so good at it. Yeah, I but mean, his joke was great. Yeah. I love that joke. What was the joke? Um, sometimes I pull, a, I pull a punchline out of a jar, 
and I just write a joke with the punchline already. I got I to gotta come up with a joke for the punchline. I pulled a sharp piece of paper out and said, kick her in the pussy. And so he's like, yeah. And then he just goes on to tell a story. Yeah. And, and you don't ends. see it coming, and he ends, and he goes, "So I kicked her in the pussy. Huh. I'm dope. <laughs> like he's just fucking. He's I, that, that works for comedy, but does not work for sketches. You ever see somebody try to write a sketch around a joke, around a punchline? Oh, okay. never works. <laughs> never works. No, Maybe, no. Well, they're also not Chappelle, though. So I remember true. when I started doing my special, someone was like, "Can you tell a joke like Chappelle told in his special?" And I was like, "No, he's Dave fucking Chappelle. <laughs> That's why he has his." We wrote a joke verbatim and i take a lot of pride in that yeah verbatim and he didn't see me do it and i didn't see him do it and i'm like oh man that's i, I mean my joke's gone it was about the uh a pulse night come shooter and they're like yeah he was isis because he kept sh- fucking shouting isis i'm like how deep undercover do you have to be to fucking be sucking people's dicks yeah. and just going undercover? And then it's like, oh, well, he's yelling ISIS. It's like, I yell Wu-Tang Clan all the fucking time, dude. doesn't mean I'm in Wu-Tang. <laughs> and they do that live. I'm like, well, there goes that. Bye, joke. Yeah. Yeah. Take care. I put it in the car. Dude, uh, I, I literally was like, right before this one, I was I stopped. I wanted to stop watching people because I was like, I don't want to cut out all my jokes. So I watched Segura and like, we had two shared punchlines. Not jokes, but punchlines were similar. And I was like, yeah, and then I had one where it was like, it was like, uh, even still, I was like, I don't know, but I know I wrote it, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I, I, I got to stop with this because if you do that, like, there's enough of my special. There's probably, that, but I just went through and I changed everything. I changed everything because I didn't want, and you never want. Listen, to think, dude, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something, man. The notion that anybody is going to be the most original, especially with this arms race that Louis C.K. created, where only a real comics are putting out our specials, it just, dude, me and Segura fucking have punchlines like white chicks with cornrows. Yeah. We've done that. Um, we, he has a bit about people making fun of each other. That's a big bit of mine. I, I do this bit about these people make fun of that, blah, 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 blah. It ends with if you're a fat black gay midget, you can scorch the earth, right? Yeah. Like, like it, it's just impossible oh, now. I got, I got to a place where I said, um, I'm just going to try to write jokes that no one else can write because they didn't live it. Like I, I, like, I just am going to... Like I, I know I've you've heard me tell this joke, but I have a joke on my special about um, my wife. My wife, uh, one Christmas, I asked her what she wanted, and she said pajamas. I heard pajamas. She said pajamas. I thought she meant the plural. She meant a pair of pajamas. Start there. So I bought her seven pairs of pajamas <laughs> and individually wrapped them and fanned them out of the tree. By the way, I'm only I, I this I got to give credit to Adam Egate because. I was just telling it as a story. He goes, that's a funny fucking joke. And I was like, it's not really a joke. He goes, yeah, but it made me laugh. And I was like, oh. So the, the joke is, and, and once again, it's like this is a really original joke. But someone would say, oh, you stole that from Segura because his because of one punchline in there. So I had to change the punchline so there's no correlation. Because this is an original story that no one's telling Dude, a story about buying seven pairs. It's about getting my dad to laugh. And so the... She opens the first pair and goes, oh, pajamas. And my dad's like, who the fuck buys someone pajamas? And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. If that's a reaction to pajamas, number one. You know, yeah. I can't imagine it's going to build. Six, seven, she opens the second pair and goes, oh, more pajamas. My dad looks at the 500 up gifts, quickly does the math, and goes, oh, you're a fucking idiot. And so the whole joke's about getting him to laugh. But the punchline that we shared was, by pajamas number five, it looks like he's having a stroke. Just, <laughs> But that's, Segura had, I'm laughing so hard, it looks like I'm having a stroke. And so I had to pull that out and go, so I changed it. To something else. And I then, don't watch specials, and I just write. 
And unless I... I only watched them right leading up because I was like, I don't want to have any... It would kill me, especially because Joe hasn't taped his, and I know he hasn't seen my hour at all. But it would kill me if, like, like if I... if like, And I've watched Joe enough where I know that we haven't... I mean, I don't watch all of his stuff. I know what he's working on, you know? So I, don't, I know we're not sharing... Yeah. Like, we're not sharing a lot of the similar territory. I'm talking about my kids being idiots, my dad not liking me. You know, I'm talking about... I'm trying to be... I really got, a, like, a lot of inspiration from Freddie Soto, if that sounds so silly. Yeah. Dude, Freddie Soto had that joke about his dad. Oh, but if I was your buddies, drinking with your buddies, you know? <laughs> like, I remember hearing that going, like, oh, no one's writing that joke. Even though we've all written right. a version of our dad jokes. Yeah, yeah. But He's like, the best. He was, I was the best. That, I, And so I went, at this hour, I was like, I'm just going to make it. Now the next one, it's going to be all fucking I don't know how it is for you guys. You guys have such awesome friends, <laughs> you know? You, everywhere you, you guys come to the comedy store, everyone loses their mind when they see you. Uh, I know you got those guns to keep you and your family safe. Is it from anyone in particular? Like, where, no. did you receive threats? No, no, no. Honestly, I just bought the guns out of uh, out of a lark. Hmm. Like, I just was like, it's I not wonder... to protect maybe like three particular vinyls by any <sighs> chance from fucking Ari. Are you going to get him back on Twitter? Are you going to be have to be the person to get no, him back? I think he's done. They're just not, we're never going to let him back. He's been trying. I, I there's a bunch of times where I wanted to write tweets that were like, you know mean and vindictive just as a joke to be like because that's how Ari handles yeah. confrontation is like any subtle thing Ari decides to flamethrow it and you're like you're like bro you could have just gone half on that like that, <laughs> now some people think you don't like me and and so part of me was thinking about doing that and then I was like I know he is trying to get back on Twitter but I don't think it's going to happen now that Twitter's like we need to make our dude did you see I saw a fucking death threat to Kevin Brennan the other day that was like was no joke. Yeah. Dude, I've had death threats. Yeah. I one time I broke uh Kevin Roddy Kevin. Roddy Piper forgot to close his uh Twitter account on this computer when we were where Punch Drunk <laughs> was originally. So I jumped in, I go, I could have black cock bombed him because that's what I used to do back in the day, but I decided not to. He's a legend. So I yeah. put in, Hey, follow Sam Tripoli, he's my favorite comic of all time, and I hit send. And I got all these followers. But then he goes, hey, what the fuck? Guys, I didn't send that tweet. And people are like, do you want me to murder that guy? My dad used to be an assassin. I could kill him for you. I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? That escalated quickly. Dude, li- look at this. This is a not I, – I shouldn't, I shouldn't even uh, – Well, let's talk about it so people know it's out there. I, this, I saw this, and it bothered me because I was like, hang on. Um. Yeah, if you guys it's, are fans of uh, Bert, you're fans of Tinfoil Hat, and if you're fans of Ari, I mean, put dude, it out there. Let Ari back. Free Ari. Hashtag free Ari. This, this, this guy wrote to Kevin Brennan, keep starting shit with comics. Want to start some shit with me? You're a fucking pussy, and you know it, and I'll be seeing you at a show very soon. Watch out for the guy shooting at the stage. Oh, right, you can't. What That's a f- fucking threat. Dude. That is so That's right. a threat. By the way, look at this one. Watch out, because your daughter has more than one rapist after her now, you fucking piece of shit. You better hold on tight to her, motherfucker. Ha, 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 ha. Can I tell you the thing that really bothered me about this? That guy follows me. <laughs> oh my I would God. block him. <laughs> How has he not been visited by the FBI? That's dude, fucking outrageous. I was just like, that, dude, that would fucking... F- I got that death threats when I did that. Dude. When I did that, uh, what will the maid think? I got death threats from that. I used to leave hotel rooms in, in rooms in... <laughs> creative ways like i'd leave like a towel body you know like under the bed with shoes and jeans and 
like make it look like someone's under the bed. Or and you got death threats for and that. I, yeah, or I'd leave socks. Or I'd leave shoes underneath the curtain so it looked like someone was standing behind the curtain, or a, or a, a sheet hanging out the window like it looks like I climbed out the window. And uh, <laughs> a guy was like, "That's real funny. I can't wait to see the look on your face when you come home and find the way I've left your family after I've murdered them." Oh my God! But I had made friends with a guy that ran security for the government, and it was they this company that was all digital security, and the colonels were in charge of it. These kids had come up with it, so they had sold it to these colonels, and the colonels greenlit it, Whoa. and the kids ran it, and these kids found out who he is, and they're like, "Nah, man, he's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's fucking nothing. You're fine. It's it's he's just some guy talking loud." It's crazy the world we live in. Violence. Well, Speaking of which, else? I should go buy my guns. Uh, hey, right. Now it's everybody's favorite time. Okay. Aaron, thoughts? Ron, well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. <laughs> Ron. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! You filthy animal. Aaron, thoughts? I mean, Ryan kind of beat me to the punch. The idea that it's deep underground military bases. Dumb. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh shit, that joke's already gone. Um, you don't believe in any of it. It's fascinating. It would be awesome if it did, but. No, you think it, no. You think that video of them going in the mountain is CGI? No, that could just be a, a cavern. Okay. You know, a tourist attraction. Either. Aaron is the most. I'll like, buy a t shirt there. <laughs> it's impossible to wake this motherfucker up. Well, awesome. Christ, did you have a good time? I feel like I some people blessed. are afraid to come on this show because I'm going to be like. Tell them some weird ass shit. No, I I, I try not to. I, what now I'm going to do is go online and Google a bunch of underground bunkers. Hell yeah, yeah. I love this man. I I, I could talk conspiracies. Uh, we'll get you on again, dude. Yeah, anytime. I, mean, anytime. I, I know you're it. super busy, but we'll get into some other crazy ass shit. We got a good show coming up. We've actually got a second show. We have uh, next um, Friday with Dan Cummings of a uh, time time, time suck. suck time suck, and uh, we're debating Pedogate. He's doesn't think exists. I know it exists, so we're going to get deep, homeboy. Send the links. I'm really excited because this is the first time I'm I'm debating somebody who's done research. So it's going to be great. So we'll see you on uh, Friday. Thanks for all the support. You guys are great. Check out the uh, Patreon tinfoil hat. Take care, guys. Five-star iTunes reviews. Thank you. Yeah, we got to get back to that. How's Patreon working out for you? It's slow build. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing a solo podcast. Don't you already do a solo? No, I'm going to just do one with me where I...